You're listening to episode 70 of the Influencer Podcast. Now, I have been waiting to have today's guest on for a while now, as I love her mix of influencer and brand knowledge. And if there's anyone who knows what each side is looking for, it's her. My friend Allie Grant created Be Social, a modern media communications agency, six years ago and has since grown the company into one of the leaders in our space. Be Social covers brand communication and serves brands. And then on the flip side, they also have a talent management division of the company where they represent influencers. So like I said, she truly understands what it's like to be on the brand and influencer side. They represent some of the biggest brands and influencers in the fashion, beauty, and lifestyle space. Allie is an amazing human. She is so much fun, and I cannot wait to dive into all things influence with her today. So let's get to it. And you know, of course, that I want to hear from more of you who listen in each week. So make sure to subscribe to the Influencer Podcast over on iTunes. Give us a review as I would love to highlight your review in an upcoming episode and make sure to screenshot this episode on your phone today and tag me on your Instagram story. I'm at Jewel Solomon and our guest today, which is the amazing Allie Grant and hashtag the Influencer Podcast to let us know that you are joining in today as you know that I love to share those screenshots on my story too. Wanting even more influencer podcast goodness and to connect with like-minded influencers? Join our Facebook community for daily tips on how to up-level your business and chat with myself and other listeners. All you gotta do is visit facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the influencer podcast to be a part of this wonderful community. Before we dive in today, I, of course, have got to give my warm appreciation to our reviewer of the week, and that is Helene Cussman. And she says, since listening to this podcast, I've been able to finally monetize my blog and gotten my first three paid post deals on Instagram, including a long-term contract. I only had 5,000 followers and did not think this would be possible as a smaller account until I learned amazing tips on pitching from here and from Julie's webinar, as well as all of the amazing guests that she has on. I am anxiously awaiting that each episode and love the dynamic topics that she addresses in a fun and lighthearted chatting vibe, rather than some of the more dry podcasts that can be out there. Well, Helene, thank you so much. And first off, major kudos to you, sister. You got three paid post deals just from listening to this podcast and my free webinar on pitching. Girl, that is amazing. So massive kudos to you. I am cheering you on back here. So proud of you. Only 5,000 followers. This is what it's all about, people. Thank you so much for sharing this. And if you're listening and you want to dive into that free webinar that Helene was talking about, you can head over to pitchitperfect.net forward slash webinar. It is truly transformational. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. Each week, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist and New York Times bestselling publicist, takes you behind the scenes with successful influencers, bloggers, and industry elites in conversation to share how they engage, persuade, and grow their unique influence. Her mission is to share exclusive insider tips, wisdom, and action-based tools to help you strengthen, monetize, and build your own industry-leading influence. Hello, Allie. It is so awesome to finally have you here to chat with me today. I'm so excited. I'm super excited too. I love your podcast. This is really exciting. Yes, I'm so excited. So we have known 
each other, I guess, for a few years now. We've crossed paths through this world of blogging and influence, and we have mutual friends, and yep. we've had the pleasure to be able to meet and and do a lot of fun events together. Um, I know. You're at every event. Like, how do you do that? I actually... <laughs> like, there you are. <laughs> yes. I'm like, hey, I've, I've started to actually say no a lot more, which I think you could probably talk to a lot today, because as your business yes. grows, you just can't do as much. Um, right. But I try to go and be supportive of launches that friends, you know, have, mm-hmm. or if I have a great relationship with a brand. So I think that we just keep, cro- I think we have a lot of mutual yeah. friends. <laughs> so we, we, keep, we totally do. Yes. We keep supporting the same people, which is great. Um, but yeah, I want to dive into all things you and, and all things be social today. Um, yeah. I would love if you could go ahead and share with our audience who you are, who your company is, what your yeah. company is and what you specialize in. Yeah, totally. So my name's Allie. Um, I am the founder of Be Social. We're a communications agency, uh, which is big. <laughs> we do a lot of different things. Um, so we have our brand communications team. Uh, that's where we service brands in the lifestyle, beauty, fashion categories. Um, and we do experiential events. We do social media. We do media relations. We do influencer relations. And we work with a wide variety of different brands from like T3, a hair tool company, to Disney, to Simple Human. So it's a wide variety. And then we have a different division, which is our talent management division. And that's where we represent digital influencers. We have about 50 on our roster. um, And we have a team of talent managers that are negotiating brand deals and essentially growing their influence and following. So two separate different divisions. Um, We treat them very separately. Started with the brand communications and then about six years ago, and then evolved into the talent management about three years ago when I kind of saw a void in the marketplace. And we kind of have a, you know, a new and different way of approaching talent management, much more boutique style. Um, definitely have a different style of, you know, how we work with brands, which influencers we represent. So, and most of my time now that the agency has evolved and scaled is on the talent management side. So that's kind of what I live and breathe every day. Uh, but obviously being the founder of the company, I still have my hands in operations and overseeing the entire agency. So it's a lot, but I love it. <laughs> yes. Well, and you have some incredible talent who are your friends and some who yeah. are mine as well, like Becca Tilly and Caitlin yes. Carter. Um, yes. I know that you work with some fantastic women. How has navigating that management space um, been for you just in terms of, you know, you've had such a vast career in this and and really what I think is so unique with, with you and how you approach um, the influencer marketing space is that you get PR, you get communications, mm-hmm. you get the brands, you understand their struggles, their goals, their marketing budgets, all of that stuff. But then yeah. you also really understand the influencer. So how right. are you able to kind of take those two parallel understandings, if you will, and really marry that for um, for for really quality success? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like a different approach than maybe a different or an entertainment agency. So my background's not in entertainment. It's not in talent. My background is in PR, working with brands. Um, so kind of on the opposite side of things. And really when I started Be Social, you know, we were doing a lot of influencer outreach, working with a lot of different talent management agencies and kind of seeing the disconnect. So what I really wanted to build with our talent management team was an understanding, a clear understanding of what brands want and how we approach the influencer relationship. 
And I think, you know, we're doing a great job with that. I'm able to understand what a brand is going to want, like what ROI, what KPIs we need to understand, what reporting techniques we need to work through. And then also having a really good eye of what talent I want to sign, because I know what works on the brand side. I'm able to have that clear understanding of, yes, you know, Simply Sona converts and she does really well. She'll drive X amount of traffic to Sephora.com you know, really having a great understanding of that and making sure we're signing people who make sense for brands. But I mean, obviously the space is growing and, you know, in terms of who we want to work with is also changing too. And what the brands want is changing all the time. You know, it always used to be about following, like how many followers do they have? You know, that's evolving. We're looking now at engagement rates. We're also like having a deeper dive into Google analytics and looking at the KPIs there. And for us, what we're really selling when we're working with brands is we have this roster of influencers that's going to convert and is actually going to drive traffic sales, as well as, you know, the cool factor, the brand alignment and all of those things that you look for when you're pairing yourself with a talent. Mm. And that's such a unique approach because you're able to really see both sides so you can service both sides to the best of your ability, which I love. Yeah, absolutely. And there's often times where our brand communications teams work with our talent managers. So for example, um, a company we work with is T3. It's a hair tool company. They do massive influencer campaigns all the time. And they'll come to our talent managers for casting and we're able to work with them and actually see the results of what, you know, our talent is bringing to this brand's website or the traffic or the growth and all of that. So we do have like a deeper understanding because we're doing both sides of it. I love that, which kind of goes into kind of, I have like a few questions for you regarding kind of perspective, because you see both sides from, you know, an influencer's perspective, what is the best way that an influencer can approach a brand that they potentially want to work with? Yeah. I mean, this is, and I really take a lot of this from some of our um, influencer managers on our brand team in terms of what they're looking for when they're casting for the brands we represent. And one of the biggest things they look at is, has this influencer actually organically used our product? And I think that's the most important thing. If you're an influencer looking to connect with a brand and collaborate with a brand, Make sure you have some sort of something that you've done with this brand before that you can prove and show that this is something that you're actually interested in, Uh, whether that's an Instagram story or a blog post or an Instagram post, have something. I think that's like the worst thing to do is like just approach a brand and say, hey, I'd love to collaborate with you. I love your products and then have nothing to prove prove for that. So I would say that's kind of the biggest thing is when we're casting for influencers on our brand team is just kind of doing a dissection of who has used this brand and why would they make sense for it? Because it's organic. Um, so I think that's kind of what we're typically looking for. And I would say that's my biggest piece of advice is make sure this is something you've used before on our talent team. Often what we'll do is we'll dissect our talents blog and look at the brands they've organically posted about, take that list and then go approach them and say, Hey, here, look at this blog post she did about you know, Clinique, like, let's do a collaboration here. Clearly this is a brand she's into. Her followers are engaging with the content. Like, let's do something bigger than this organic post. That totally makes sense. And I love that you kind of walked, walked us through that from the influencer side. And I'd love that you, you touched on the, the organic, um, because I think that's a big thing that a lot of times influencers are like, well, I'm not going to post this, or I'm not going to mention this unless I'm being paid, but you can't really get paid unless... (laughs) 
<laughs> they know that you're in line with their messaging and their brand. Um, right. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business Business for sponsoring the show. So with that said, what are some not great ways that influencers could try to approach a brand to work with them? Have you seen anything mm -hmm. that has just really fallen flat, just, you yeah. know, was not the, was not the, the most optimal way of, of approaching them to work? Yeah. I mean, I think we see a lot of times, you know, when we're approaching an influencer and, you know, asking for gifting at first and, you know, they deny the gifting and only want payment. I think that's a huge flaw and that's an error. Um, you know, on the, on our team, in terms of the talent management side, we definitely have our influencers, you know, accept gifting. If it's a brand they would want to, you know, utilize organically, definitely accept the gifting and then reapproach the brand, um, afterwards. Cause I think, you know, that's, it just comes off wrong when you're like, no, right off the bat. Obviously, there's brands that you just have to say no to because it makes no sense for your brand. Um, but I think, you know, accepting the gifting, making sure you're going to events, you know, just like showing that you care about the brand. You know, they're not going to want to work with you if you've, you know, you're just like, no, 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 I just want money. You know, this is all about a relationship, right? So I think one small step in showing that you're interested and you care could lead to a larger partnership down the road. And I think that's super important. Um, to think about. Mm, I love that. Um, and then from a brand's perspective, how do the brands approach an influencer that they would want to work with? And how do they decide who to best align with? And mm -hmm. kind of what does that look like for them when looking to work with an influencer? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a handful, a handful of options or ways they approach influencer casting. Um, the biggest thing, again, just like kind of doing a deep dive and looking at what brand, you know, what influencers have utilized a brand in the past. There's a lot of different tools and softwares that a lot of brands are using now. Forecard is a great one for casting. Um, Tribe Dynamics is another one. Um, and those, you know, platforms allow you to have a better insight on, you know, what is the engagement rate of this influencer? What type of content are they posting about? And just having a little bit more visibility on, you know, what they're all about and kind of the analytics behind their content and their following. Um, and then from there, I mean, typically brands just, you know, do kind of a wide cast net of approaching influencers, getting rates, negotiating, and then coming down to, you know, who's going to give me, you know, the best piece of content or reach or visibility 
typically for the lowest price is kind of what it comes down to. Um, so that's kind of what, you know, it's looking at looking at what that like, you know, CPA is after, you know, you've posted and looking at, you know, how well this content is performing. Um, and then after doing, you know, one collaboration, looking at that data and realizing, okay, influencer X brought, you know, X amount of sales influencer X brought nothing. So, and kind of digesting that information. So every time we do a campaign with an influencer or a handful of influencers, we're always looking at the results afterwards and then determining, okay, who's going to, you know, who are we going to work with from here and who made sense and who didn't make sense. Mm. That, that makes sense. Um, I love yeah. <laughs> that you, that you walked us through that and, and giving us, you know, four card. Uh, we've, we've had, we've had them on the show and, um, mm, Tribe Dynamics as well. I know they're amazing. Yeah. Um, thank you for, for sharing some of that. So if people want to dive in a little bit more, they can, they can check out those, those companies. Um, one of the things that you mentioned to me that I would love to touch on is, um, you know, I asked you kind of what you hoped to accomplish through your efforts as an influencer. And you had mentioned to me a little bit before, and I would love to dive into it more now, um, that you think that it's it's really important to create brand partnerships that provide a really strong return on investment and growth mm-hmm. for the brands that you're working with. So when it comes to um, influencers being able to do that, um, what are some strategies or tips that you have to really create the most authentic partnership as possible that is really going to provide an, you know, an optimal ROI and win-win for Mm -hmm. everyone at the end. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, obviously looking at engagement rates. So, you know, if you're going to go and work with a beauty influencer, obviously their beauty content is probably the most well-received, but if you're a fashion brand, wanting to tap into beauty influencers, you know, look at what their fashion content, you know, does and how it performs, like how's the engagement level on that. Um, and also I think the biggest thing too, is like, if you're a fashion brand, obviously you have like a core demographic, which might align very well with the Sephora consumer, which this beauty influencer has a bunch of them following. So looking at, you know, their demographics, um, you know, age, sex, location, all of those things, which are easily pulled from Google analytics, from Instagram analytics, from YouTube analytics. So those are things that if you're a brand looking to work with an influencer, ask for those things. Those easily are, um, exported and delivered. So I would not be afraid of, to ask for that information if it's not in their media kit. And then again, like I said, looking at the, you know, engagement on that certain type of content, um, whether it's beauty, fashion or lifestyle and see how that performs, you know, also look at different brands that they've aligned with in the past. Um, you know, if you saw that they worked with a brand that's super similar to yours and the content did really, really well, and there's tons of engagement, obviously that following was, you know, well-suited. So, you know, taking that into consideration is important too. And then um, what is the best way for the influencer to really understand what their ROI may be from the brand? A lot of times brands, you know, it's sometimes it's confidential. They can't really share numbers. Mm -hmm. So are there certain questions that influencers can ask or something that that they could kind of look to so that they know what kind of return on investment they're able to give to brands when they align with them? Yeah. So every time I do a collaboration with one of my talent, I'm always asking the brand do you have any stats? Can like you share like how this campaign did? I, I mean, I just, I'm like a data freak, so I love yeah. all that stuff, but I think, you know, if there's what I would ask is a, just how did this campaign do for you? Kind of get, you know, a, a response there is nice. Like how the brand responded. 
I love when we like finish a campaign, wrap it up and the brand responds, Oh my gosh, this was so amazing. We're so happy. Obviously that's a great indication. Um, if you want to get more analytical than that, um, you could ask, you know, how much traffic did this drive? How many Instagram followers did you get from this? How many conversions did you get from this? And if they're setting it up, you know, on their back end um, prior, they should be able to share this information with you. Sometimes it is confidential um, and they won't share it, but I think it's always worth it to ask. Um, and if you find the results are really, really good, then that's something you could turn into a case study um, and show other potential brands. Uh, but I would just get, you know, confirmation from that brand that that's okay to do so. Mm, yeah. Thank you. That's such a great um, tip and takeaway, just of the questions that we need to be asking at the end of every campaign. Yeah. Um, you mentioned to me, um, about tools that you use as a business, um, mm -hmm. just to stay organized, to understand awareness, to be able to grow, um, consistently. And, um, when it comes to engagement and content, and you mentioned, um, a few to me, so I would love to know how you yeah. use each of these. The first one is simply measured. I would love to know what yeah. that is and how you use it. Yeah. So simply measured is a social media, um, analytics tool. Um, also does social listening. Um, so our digital team is in and out of this software. Um, and that allows us to look at growth from certain campaigns to do community management. So it's like a 360 social, everything you need for social media. If you're a brand, um, influencers can use it too. It is a little costly. Um, so I'd probably recommend a different platform for that. If you just have one account, but it is great. And it's so comprehensive. You can link it up with Google analytics. There's so many things you can do with it. The reporting, um, options are really nice as well. And then some of the like platforms I'm in and out daily. Um, I like social blade. Um, I'm always in four card. Um, I like crowd is another good software platform for social media reporting. Um, and then our influencer team is often utilizing tribe dynamics, um, which is a great tool for casting for influencers because they have this proprietary software that allows you to find influencers that make sense for your certain campaign. Um, so really love that one. Google analytics is something we're in and out of too, like just looking at web traffic and referral traffic and things like that. Um, that's kind of what I'm looking at on a daily basis. And then I love like the native, um, insights for like Instagram or Facebook, for example. I mean, that pretty much gives you everything you need. Um, and it's so easy to access. So those are what I'm typically in when I'm doing like a final wrap up report for a brand collaboration, um, is pulling information from Instagram analytics, whether that's like the number of swipe ups on an Instagram story or the impressions on an Instagram post all of that stuff is super helpful. Mm. And do you find, um, when, when working with brands, um, with your talent, how much does a following number really take place? And, you know, I know that this has changed so much, uh, you know, we're yeah. now midway through 2018 and words like engagement and impressions are thrown around mm -hmm. a lot more now than they ever were. So how have you, um, what does that look like now in terms of you know, how, how much validity does a following number really have? And then what other things are, are they really starting to pay attention to? Yeah. I mean, that's a really good question. Like I want to say it's not so much about the following anymore and is moving into engagement, but still we get castings from brands who will come to us and say, Hey, we're looking for an influencer with a hundred thousand followers. 
And I think a lot of that is mostly coming from a place of we know what it's going to cost to work with someone with 100,000 followers versus a million. So they're kind of looking at their budgets. And then once we understand, okay, that's kind of what your budget is, and then we present the talent options, that's when they're, they're going to go and do a deep dive and look at their engagement. Um, obviously, that's super important. A lot of the brands are looking to try and stay between a 2 to 3% engagement rate, which is pretty high, difficult to achieve. And then the other thing that I'm seeing more and more is the different brands that you align with. So the brand's going to ask, hey, what are the last five brand deals this talent has done? And then we'll share those. And if there's something on that list that doesn't align, um, then they might not work with you. And then also the content piece, that's been, you know, a huge thing looking at, you know, are the, you know, the photos professional, are they edited properly? Um, Those are things that are super important to brands now, because not only are they collaborating with you to, you know, hit all of your following and get in front of your following, but they also want to use that content for their own purposes. Content is so expensive, like hiring a photographer and doing shoots and all those things. So if they can work with the talent and also get content from that, that's kind of an added bonus and they can use it on social media and there's, you know, certain purposes for it. So I think those are kind of the things that brands are looking for now. And I think following of course is important engagement, but I think like the quality of your content is important as well as the brand partnerships that you are, you know, working on. Oh, those are all good takeaways. Um, thanks for diving in. Those are awesome. Yeah. So I would love if you could speak a little bit to, um, because you are a business owner and you have, you know, started this from the ground up, what it's been like to grow a business and be an entrepreneur and start Mm -hmm. a company, I'm sure by yourself, and then now grow it to a team of 30 employees. Um, Mm -hmm. I would love if you could walk us through what that growth has been like and, and what some of the challenges are. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, my strengths are not in <laughs> management of employees or operations. Like I had zero experience doing that. And that has been such a challenge for me. Scaling and growing a company is not easy. And there's so many things that go into it. Um, so I've been lucky enough to kind of, you know, have the right people around me to help me and kind of be my mentor. But I think the biggest thing, obviously, you know, like having a great lawyer, having a great HR person that understands what are the legalities and what are the opportunities and options for employees? um, What do you have to do when you're hiring? Like all of those things are very challenging and are changing monthly and yearly. Um, So I think that's been the hardest part for me is really growing the company, scaling it, in terms of like the operation side of things, you know, from like our accounting processes to, you know, what perks do we have as, you know, an employer to getting health insurance and 401ks set up. And, you know, all of those things have been challenging for me because I just don't quite understand it. But we're, I mean, we're in a great place now. We have, you know, an HR person, we have, you know, an accounting team, like we have all these people in place that help me and allow me to not focus on that stuff and focus on, you know, what I love. And that's, you know, growing the opportunities, the revenue streams, then like working with the brands and talent. But I think all that operation stuff is just, it is so difficult. I, I didn't think about that when starting a company, you know, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, like I love doing PR and influencers and all this stuff. And then it's like, oh my gosh, 25% of my time is you know, in QuickBooks. And then I'm stuck, you know, hiring a janitor and 
you know, looking through leases for our office space and like all of that stuff is, it really takes up your time. And if you don't understand it, it's just, it's just challenging and overwhelming, I guess. But I think the biggest takeaway for me and like what I wish I had known is get resources from people who know this stuff. And, you know, it is worth it to hire a consultant or, you know, bring someone on your team that understands this stuff so you can focus on what you're good at. Mm. And then is that kind of like how you've been able to navigate that by just like really understanding your strengths and then hiring out the rest? Yeah, it has. It has. But, you know, as we've been scaling, it's, you know, it's difficult in terms of learning what, what do we need next? Like, what do we need from here? Like a company of 30 is very different than a company of 10. And obviously as I continue growing, I have less visibility on what's going on, you know, with our junior staff or what's going on, you know, with day-to-day client communication. Like a lot of that is not in my wheelhouse anymore. Um, just cause I, I have to let go because I just don't have the bandwidth. And I think that's been like a difficult challenge for me too, is like, what do I let go of? What do I say no to? And where do I best spend my time? But I mean, I'm still growing as an entrepreneur and I obviously love what I do and I'm trying to learn from the people around me. And, you know, a lot of that comes from listening to podcasts or, you know, reading websites or books or sometimes just, you know, phoning up another entrepreneur and asking her questions. Mm -hmm. So I try to absorb where I can. And then, um, what do you think, um, is, is unique with doing both the brand communications that you've explained to us today and then the talent management side, and where do you see that going for your, for your business and your company as you grow? Yeah. I mean, I think it is kind of unique that we're, that we're doing both, but I think it gives us, you know, an upper hand and that we have visibility on both sides and understanding on both sides. Um, I mean, my ultimate goal is to continue growing both. Like my passion lies in both of these things and I see them evolving and growing together. So for me, it's, you know, growing that talent team, getting amazing talent managers in place. Um, and on the brand communications team, continuously growing those account team members, um, and, you know, signing new talent and signing new clients. And it's all so exciting to me. Like, I just can't, I can't believe I do this every day. Like, it's like, it's such a dream. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that you love your job. Um, yes. I want to talk about trends for a minute because, because of what you do, um, yeah. you, you have your, you have your thumb on the pulse a little bit, um, just in a, in a really unique way. What do you think that we're going to see more of, um, for the rest of this year and really on into next year in terms of where influencers are going and how brands are working with them more and, really like where this industry as a whole is going to evolve to. Yeah. I think what we're going to see more of is more of that like ambassador role for an influencer. I think we're moving away from the day of the one-off posts. I think both like brand and influencer are just kind of over that and it's not doing anyone, you know, good. So I think we're going to be seeing more of that. And kind of what I mean by that is, you know, these long-term partnerships that, you know, involve multiple posts, maybe events, maybe, you know, media appearances and things like that. I think that's what brands want is they want an influencer attached to them that feels organic, seems organic, and is, you know, just continuously speaking about the brand. And I think they'll see more of more out of that. And I just, I know what that's what the brands want. I, you know, the influencers want that too. Like who wants to be posting about a different brand every other day. Mm. Um, you know, there's something in, you know, being loyal to 
a smaller amount of brands versus, you know, a a bunch of them and posting all these random things daily. Um, so I think that's where we're going to see this go. Um, obviously we'll continue seeing those one-off posts just based on budgets and, you know, opportunities and product launches and things like that. But I think in an ideal world, we would see those more ambassador style campaigns. Mm, I love that. Um, and I, I, I hope, I hope that you're right. I hope that's where we do go. Yeah. And um, I think that it just, it makes it more of a collaboration and a partnership that way. Um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about um, apps. I want to do a fast five with you really quick to see um, okay. some of your favorite things. Um, who is your favorite person to follow on Instagram? Oh my gosh, this is so hard. Uh, I love following... Um, what did I put on my seat? I completely forgot. You did um, Huda Beauty. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I do love her. Um, Huda Beauty. Yeah. She posts all the beauty tutorials. I can just like sit and stare at those forever, which is probably the worst uh, use of my time. <laughs> but sometimes I'll just scroll because all day, like I'm looking at Instagram, I'm like screenshotting analytics. I'm like reposting, like, you know, it's just like, I'm using it for work. So when I like want to take Instagram for my personal time, I kind of just want to like zone out. Um, so Huda Beauty, I can just like lay in bed and watch those tutorials and she'll put me right to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Hmm. I think just kind of knowing that you can't do it all. Mm. Um, I think I, I learned that the hard way and thinking that I can do everything as an entrepreneur and you really can't. And it's important you get, you know, a good team behind you and the right people like a mentor or a consultant that can help you grow your business or your idea because you can't do it all. And, you know, you should know what you're good at and what you're not good at and definitely learn that the hard way. I love that. And I agree. Um, I love that you mentioned that. What is your favorite book or website to read for business? Hmm. I like Forbes. They have a lot of good articles. I feel like when I'm ever researching something, they're like the first site that comes up that has like all my answers. (laughs) So if I'm asking about, you know, something related to employees or HR or even like influencer marketing, it's like, there's articles on everything. So you can find something. So I really, I really like reading that. I also like WWD. I got a subscription to that and that has been totally worth it. Highly recommend. Um, especially in the influencer space, there's great articles on, you know, brand collaborations with influencers, how much money influencers are making. I could spend a lot of time on that site. I love that. Um, and then what are some of your favorite apps that you can't live without, whether it's for fun, for business, just that really help you get through your day? Yeah. I mean, the Gmail app, I think I often say like my job is just being a professional emailer. So I'm always on email. So the Gmail app is always on, um, Instagram, of course, I like Visco for photo editing. I was really into the Kira Kira app for a while, but I've toned that down a little bit. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think about Amazon. I'm always on that app. Um, yeah, that's probably pretty much it. And then what, and you may have the same answer from what you said earlier, which is totally fine, but yeah. what is the hardest truth about growing a business that you've had to learn? Hmm. 
you can't do it all. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I it's think like, learning to say no is another one. I think you mentioned that too. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, it's like this hard balance of like hustling and like doing everything and like being a guest man. And you have to realize though, like you're going to burn out and you need to say no sometimes too. So I think that that's hard. Cause I always want to say yes. Like if it's related to my business, like I want to be there and I want to be doing it but I can't wear myself thin. So, you know, I have to be like strong and ready for, you know, any next challenge. So say saying no is hard and learning how to do that. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Well, what is coming up next for you and for your company and, Mm -hmm. um, what should we be excited to kind of look out for? Yeah. Well, we just, open an office in Los Angeles in West Hollywood, which has been really exciting. I know. That's a huge accomplishment. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. So we were only in San Diego before. So this is our second office, which is a lot, which is exciting, but a lot. Um, So that's been fun. We just did a total rebrand of our logo of our website. Um, So that's been exciting. We're hiring a bunch too. So anyone looking for jobs and social or influencer, we're definitely hiring And then we're, you know, going to be doing more, you know, be social owned content. So really ramping up our blog, our Instagram, um, hopefully doing some events and things like that. But, and then, you know, signing new talent, signing new brands. It's kind of where my headspace is. I'm like ready for growth and ready to do the damn thing. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, where can we find you find be social, start following you on social media and online? So my Instagram is just Allie Grant, A-L-I Grant. Um, and then our B-Social Instagram is at B-Social PR. I would say Instagram is probably the best way to find us. Um, and then also bsocialpr.com. So one final question before we wrap this up. It's a question that I ask everyone that comes on the show. Um, what does influence mean to you? Oh, man, that's a good one. Um, I would say having an impact on a following, that a following that looks up to you that's influence. Awesome. That's a great answer. Um, (laughs) Well, if you are listening and you want to dive deeper into our conversation today, if you want to be able to one click where you can find Allie and her amazing company, learn more about her company and how she works with influencers and brands, make sure to head over to the influencerpodcast.com where we will be adding those show notes and those takeaways there. And then of course you can find us on Instagram today on Instagram stories all the good things. So again, Allie, thank you so much for coming on today. So glad that we were able to finally do this and to have you on. And um, it's been a blast. Yeah. So fun. Thank you so much. This show is brought to you by our free webinar, Pitch It Perfect, a completely free webinar that gives you access to my five steps for helping bloggers and influencers like you land brand collabs, press, and negotiate better deals. This webinar has strategies and steps that will literally blow your mind. You can join the free webinar by going to pitchitperfect.net forward slash webinar. Are you ready to create your own industry-leading influence? For show notes, downloads, and action-based tips, head to www.theinfluencerpodcast.com where you can find out more about this week's episode, guest, and our host, Julie Solomon. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please take a minute to go to iTunes and leave a review so we can help other influencers like yourself build their own successful business.